0: Welcome to the show, guys. It's a special episode. Uh, my man, my homie, uh, a, a, a dude that I go way back with. Uh, like, how long ago would you say we met?
1: Oh, my goodness. Let's see. Uh, it's got to be about 10 years. I think I was uh, mid-20s, wow. late-20s when wow. I uh, we were working at the same spot. I don't know how yeah. much of face you want to give out. But, you yeah. <laughs> Always admire. my... And, you know, we, we sort of...
0: We got to be friends and we sort of went on, and then we reconnected on Twitter. And it's a
1: pleasure, bro. It's coming up. Yeah. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Of course,
0: of course. So you asked me while we were catching up, and we have a fun pod.
1: And I, you know, I was really feeling the. I, well, what, what was the question? We were talking about, first of all, me congratulating you on becoming a dad. And you said something to me about just your perspective on the world and some of the things that trouble you with what you see. And I asked, how do you reconcile your optimism for what your daughter can grow up and potentially become with this perspective on on the world and and the negativity that that is uh, appears to be just so consistent throughout it? Yeah. So, so
0: just that our conversation, with me saying um, you know I, having a having a daughter when you really think about it none of it makes sense and mm-hmm. realize you can't really think about it because if you did it just wouldn't make any sense yeah
2: that's what the question so I actually
0: as you know uh, a, a commandment in in the Bible in the Old Testament that says mm. that you should fill the earth right you should there's two words fruitful and Right? That's mm-hmm. what it said Sages derive from this have a boy and a girl fulfill the command populating mm-hmm. the earth. So this is like a you know, this is a tenet of, of Judaism. This is 1, 613 command, Literally, mm-hmm. literally command, you know, to get married and have children. Yeah. So I asked my rabbi, I said, Listen, rabbi, I respect the commandment. I just want to understand, like, If objectively we lived during the darkest times, which we don't live in, we live in a great time, if you Mm -hmm. just statistically, murder's down, hunger's down, poverty's down, things are doing well. Like we're Mm -hmm. we're good statistically. I'm sure you agree with that, right? Yes, absolutely. Right. So what I asked him was if you knew, like hypothetically, if you knew that the world was the darkest place it could be, Mm -hmm. why would you bring children into that world? Mm -hmm. And his answer to me was it's not your job to decide how dark the world is.
1: Interesting. And that was
0: deep, bro, because I think that was the first time I realized you just can't think about some stuff too deeply because it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: that's. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how we, uh, we go from this to NBA. That's fascinating it's- <laughs> to me because I was... I fell down the uh, Mike Tyson hot boxing podcast rabbit hole earlier this, uh, this afternoon. I don't know how familiar you are with Mike's podcast. Not at all. I didn't know he had one. Tell me about it. It is the thing that's most fascinating about it is just hearing him and his perspective. But, um, from from that, I found him doing an interview with uh with a gentleman named Lewis Holmes. And he was he was Lewis asked him sort of the same thing, right? Where it's just along the lines of what you just mentioned to me, is don't worry about certain things too deeply because the more you try to figure out what you don't know, it just reaffirms how much you don't know. Mm-hmm. And that can be overwhelming in and of itself, right? When you when you sit back and you look at the scope of what you don't know and you try to just become comfortable within that lack of knowledge, that lack of awareness, that lack of understanding. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I totally am, am aligned with you in that perspective of just be comfortable with that not knowing, right? Mm-hmm. Not having to have everything figured out. I got some thoughts on
0: that, dude. But first and foremost, tell me about Mike Tyson's pod.
1: Mike <laughs> is he <laughs> Mike Tyson's yeah. pod? It is. It's interesting. It is. There are there are a lot of rough edges to it because I was watching earlier today, and he was he was uh, there was one episode in particular that I was interested in is a, a, an episode that he did with Jim Jones from the Dipset, mm-hmm. and they they. They got to a point where there wasn't really anywhere to take the conversation and they just started watching videos on YouTube that they would just pull up on the screen that they had Mm -hmm. in the studio. Mm -hmm. And Jim's not that interesting of a guy. Right. No disrespect. All due respect Mm -hmm. to Jim and his family. He's Uh, no Mike Tyson. What's that? (laughs) He's no Mike Tyson.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Mike. That's that's what you you want to say.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can listen to Mike just talk about his his life experiences for hours, right? Yeah. There's not the life yeah. experience, there's the perspective, there's the, right. the, the the depth that he that he focused on the, the the experience and tried to get something out of it. Right. You don't get much of that from a lot of people. So it was it was cool. It's cool to hear Mike from that perspective. But the podcast as a whole, I've got to watch more episodes where he was interviewing other people. Maybe he had better guests on there. I'm, I'm gonna mm. assume. But that's Jim was a difficult person to to interview. So if, if anything, I would suggest not starting with the Jim Jones interview.
0: <laughs> you know what's funny, dude? So I, I know very little about boxing and I'm not proud of that. So I'm mm. I'm a big Joe Rogan fan, I'm sure, I'm sure you are too.
1: Yeah, Joe's a great guy. I love him on MMA. Yeah, I love man. him on UFC. Yeah,
0: Joe's awesome. So I'm not an MMA UFC fighter. It's just not So what I know about it is through Joe, just, just because osmosis, right. Just because I, you know, I love his podcast so much. So, you know, what he taught, dude, what I learned through him about Mike's upbringing, the shit Mm -hmm. that he went through, like they abused him. Is that true? Like in the middle of nowhere and they just sort of like turn him into this like killer dog, like just brutal atmosphere. Like how bad was
1: it? Talking about his, his trainers or the environment? The, I mean, from what I, I saying it was really, really crazy,
0: like they mentally abused him,
1: yeah, the little I know about his background story, and just from hearing bits and pieces of him over the years talking about his upbringing and the environment, that's pretty much what it was, right just uh and 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 he and you he talked about how dark all of that made him as as a human being, as a young man and so that's that's about the as, as my scope. Of knowledge on, mm-hmm. on on Mike's upbringing, so I really can't get too deep into into how how he was raised, or anything like that. I I've heard what you said, right? Where yeah. it just like turned him into right. an absolute animal. Yeah, right. So what does he do now? Is he just a full time podcaster? Mike's got multiple businesses. The episode I was watching, you get it. It's it's it, it's not all. It's um, on YouTube. It's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Right and then you got get it. little bits and pieces about he's got a he's got a cartoon on Cartoon Network. I don't know how many seasons. That's um that's continuing to go along. I don't know if it's still mm-hmm. running. Recently finished up a season. It's Mike Tyson's Mysteries or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he uh he he's in the in the cannabis industry. Mm-hmm. Right so he's in that and <laughs> Of course he is. He's Yeah, I think I think the number <laughs> I think the number he dropped right yeah. was that he's pulling in about 500 grand a month.
2: Jesus.
1: Really? From that business alone. Yeah, so they've got like a whole cannabis sort of sanctuary that they're putting together out in LA. Wow. Why don't they call him the money team? <laughs> They, they should, <laughs> they absolutely should. anybody pulling in 500 grand a month, ah, you know, and, and this is a guy, he, he said, look, man, I was, before I started doing the podcast, before he met this business partner that, he's got, I think the guy that, that, uh, does the, the podcast with him is actually a business partner and somebody just get, who just gives him a sense of direction. He said, I was a junkie, mm-hmm. right. Doing a lot of cocaine mm-hmm. and just down and out broke. Mm-hmm. And he said, now I've got a business that, that has a, has a valuation of $300 million.
0: Wow. You know, there are certain industries in today's market where if you get in early enough, like the cannabis industry, you're tied in like in kerosene, bro. Like that's all your yeah. capital is like, like they come to Tyson, like, listen, we need $20 million and this is what it gets you. That's just what we need. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. You still have to have the fortitude, and you know,
1: want to be at that. But there's a level, bro, where it's just dollars. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All you are is the money, right? right? right. Some some smart dude who doesn't have the capital, right? Right, comes to you. He's got the idea in right. place. Got Somebody who has an end, yeah. Someone who has yeah. an end, right?
0: Yeah, that's yeah. a deal.
1: Just needs someone to front him some capital, and he'll make it go. Yeah.
0: You know, what's funny about Mike Tyson's pod is that through Joe, I also know that he definitely only has a pod because of Joe Rogan. (laughs) Oh, is that Yeah. Joe said he had a conversation with him. Uh, They didn't do a pod and uh, he he didn't come on the podcast. And Joe said they had a great conversation. I told him to start a
1: podcast and I I didn't know he
0: had one.
1: He's a fascinating guy to listen to. If you've ever got some time on your hands and you just want to run through a couple of episodes, he's, he's interviewed Michael Buffer. He's interviewed, uh, there was some other interesting people, LL. He's interviewed. Um, I'm trying to remember all of the interesting people that I wanted to hear him talk to, but I know LL was one of them and, uh, I can't think of who else it was, but LL specifically, because he was just talking about, um, something that, that that was referenced in the episode, but yeah, he, he's got a couple of interesting guys on there that, that yeah, you would definitely want to check out. And like I said, he's a very enlightened individual. Right. You you listen to him and you get so much deep perspective on life. Some people just really scratch the surface of it. Right. So it, this guy really deep. So you're saying that Mike Tyson
0: basically found peace.
1: Well, Mike says he's found peace. Yeah. Right. He says he's found, And the what he said was the catalyst for that was his children. Mm -hmm. Like Eddie Murphy. Right. (laughs) Probably. Right? Has Eddie said that?
0: (laughs) No, I just have to imagine. How many kids does he have? Like what's the number?
1: Eddie's got a lot of kids. Like like 13. like, Like Eddie's got a lot of kids. I don't I don't know the exact number, but I remember him doing a what was he doing? A, a talk show appearance, one of these late night talk show appearances, and he and he did a bit about how he was he was talking about the whole deal with him and Richard Pryor, and it, and I, and the host asked him did Bill Cosby really reach out to him and and sort of like chastise him about using curses on the stage, and he's and and the bit was the fun the funny line was. Now, the irony of it is he's now America's dad. Right. 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 That's funny. Well, he's got 10 After kids. After everything that happened with Bill.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's got 10, bro. He's got 10 kids.
1: So Man. my point is it's this. It's and multiply.
0: Yeah. My point is this. It's not just like a, a let me spread my seed kind of thing. Like, let me conquer kind of thing. I think mm-hmm. if you have that many kids it's like you discovered something like you don't just love raw dog. Like it's more than that. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you're not just down, you know, there's
1: something deeper.
0: Like (laughs) You know what I mean?
1: But what do you think? Right. If we're talking about there's something deeper to it. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? If there's something deeper to it, right. Outside of you say there's a, there's a guy who's got, uh, more money than God and he's says, right.
0: Let's see what he's worth.
1: Yeah. And says, I'm going to have 10 kids. Right? Or just allows the... Allows himself to have 10 kids. He's
0: worth 160 large, bro. It's not even that crazy.
1: I thought it was... Wow. I'm yeah. I thought it was a more.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I would have guessed like half a bill at least. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, no. I'm surprised by the number. Well, listen, 10 kids, bro, that'll, <laughs> that'll do probably, <laughs> probably, Yeah. He's not with the wife of at least, maybe at least a third of them. Well, I would imagine. Is he married though? I don't know if he's married now. I know, I know the first wife. They're no longer together. Uh,
0: let's see. We don't have a Jamie, but he is married to Nicole Mitchell Murphy who is pretty bad. I might add. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, wait yeah so what is it what what's the deeper me i would imagine and this is just uh, this is me talking straight straight theories right now yeah i would imagine if you're eddie murphy you reached uh, i would say who was more after michael jackson like michael jackson Mm -hmm. was the most famous person in my lifetime let's let's Mm -hmm. in our lifetime let's say would you agree with that Yeah. would you michael jackson yes okay dude eddie murphy wasn't far behind michael jackson Mm. Would you agree with that?
1: I would agree with that. I'm not sure who Eddie else. Murphy, yeah, Michael Jackson, Eddie Murphy, Michael Jordan.
0: Uh, MJ. Ooh, that's an interesting yeah. one. Who Who would you put higher? MJ or I got to put MJ higher, just because of the brand, right? I'm putting,
1: I'm putting MJ above Eddie. Yeah,
0: just it's not the brand. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, MJ because MJ was all over the world. They made sure MJ was global. MJ was going to China. Yeah. uh I mean, there wasn't a there 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 weren't very many places on the face of the earth where you didn't know who Michael Jordan was. One of the most interesting stories that I ever heard was that before Michael Jackson and MJ did the jam video, MJ had no idea. Michael Jackson had no idea who Michael Jordan was. Hold on. Michael Jackson had. Yeah. Had no idea, and that was so inspiring to me because I said I want to be so locked in on my craft that I don't know who the most famous athlete in the world is.
0: Link, do you really think it was because he was locked in on his craft, or because he was out of his mind? <laughs>
1: it, well, <laughs> maybe, are those are those two things mutually exclusive? the
0: question? Yeah, that's a better question.
1: Touche. <laughs> Touche. Yeah. Touche. I think I think you have to be completely crazy.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. To be that level of locked in on your craft to where you are the most famous individual on the planet.
0: Yeah, dude. All right, that's a great point. I would never find inspiration in that. So that's really deep. I like that. But anyway, yeah. I digress. So to your point, Michael Jackson, uh, Eddie Murphy's right there. And he's young, right? Like he he's star over shining what? When he was at least SNL, he was really young, what? I would say young twenties, right?
1: Yes, early twenties is my guess. So he was I think that's a safe guess.
0: Yeah. So he was probably killing it till what? He was mid forties? Let's see what how old is he? Let's see.
1: He's he's definitely uh, on the north side of fifty. He's fifty-eight. So he's
0: been he's been out of the spotlight for a good ten years, right? Mm -hmm. I would imagine if you've been that famous for that long through the prime of your life. Like there's that photo of him, that famous photo of him eating a steak off a of broad's back, like in Paris or something.
1: <laughs> have
0: you seen that oh, photo? Oh really? Have you
1: seen that? I probably I probably have but it's just not registering right now. It is the most gangster photo of eternity. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <Eating> I got <laughs> media rare steak. My
0: Facebook picture. Yeah, bro. He's eating a media steak on a woman's back, on a white, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, overlooking, like, you know, the Parisian sky or whatever. I don't know if it was actually, definitely looked like Europe, but I think if you reach that kind of fame, you get to a point where you realize like, I'm not with it. I don't want this life for whatever it's not going to make me. Like, I've got enough money. I'm tired of the chase. Someone dissed him on SNL and he got offended. I don't know what happened, right? And he just Mm -hmm. said, I'm just going to find something else that maybe will bring me more meaning because I don't have to worry about money. And I think yeah. I think you have like three kids, you're like, shit, man, this is kind of cool. Let me mm-hmm. have seven more. And I think that's what happens.
1: Yeah, well, going back to Mike, Mike also made the same, made a statement along the same lines where he said, he said the the money, you get all the money, And he said what he found was that there was no value and meaning in having lots of money. He said what gives the money value and meaning is when you're able to do great things for your family, for your friends. Right. So to your point, when you're a guy who's got multiple kids, you know that your kids, I don't think there's any more empowering feeling in the world than knowing that you brought children into the world that are Mm -hmm. going to be set for life because of your dedication and commitment to just being Mm -hmm. successful.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you talk about being locked in on your craft. That's an interesting mm-hmm. point. I want I want to touch on that. How much of your because you said it inspired something that you aspire to do? It's a great thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How, how much of that do you think is tied into happiness? And like, how much could it and should it be tied into happiness?
1: I love that question. Okay, I. I I always Michael Jackson yeah made another very very impactful statement on me once upon a time where he was talking there was there's an outtake from an interview back before he passed and he was about to go on this huge tour
2: mm-hmm.
1: and in the interview he says he hates touring mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and what you what I got from that is that it's not so much you're passionate about the craft because the work can, can, can become not as fun as you would like for it to be. So after a while, right. You, you're just good at it. It's too easy. So so you do it. Yeah. Yeah. You do it because you're good at it, but it's, it's not that level of commitment can wear you down. If you look at, Here's an even better example. If you look at athletes after they leave the game, like look at Jordan and and the weight he puts on after he leaves the game. Right. He was notoriously four percent body fat at the prime 4% of his career. Four percent body fat. Wow. Yeah. I remember hearing that number. <sighs> what is, what and, is LeBron? I'm just curious. What is LeBron? I, I, we would have to look that up. I don't know.
0: I don't think that's public knowledge. I don't think LeBron would want that public knowledge.
1: <laughs> yeah, he probably has to put that information out. I can't remember where I got it from from Mike, but I, I, I know the number is correct because it just always stuck with me. Michael Jordan, 4% body fat.
0: Wow. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry to cut you off. So so what stuck with you about that?
1: Yeah. So you, you look at the athletes after they leave the game and how many of them do you see they still maintain that peak physical condition? Very few. Almost Very none. few, right? Did you see yeah. AI? Did you see AI, AI. <laughs> I saw, yeah, I saw the picture of AI the other day, and I started thinking to myself. I felt bad about it immediately. <laughs> oh, that's so thought, great! Somebody's got to check in on AI.
0: Bro, bro! About two or three years ago, he was at a Hornets game, right? And like Kristen Ledlow or some broad, whoever it was, he was like, "Yo, AI, what are you doing here?" And yo, he is stoned to
1: the bone. He goes, oh. uh, I live here. <laughs> 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 he lives in the arena. Like he literally lives in the arena.
0: I think he's trying to say he lives in Charlotte, but she's she, like, she's like, "What are you doing here?" He's like, "I live here." <laughs>
1: he, he was yeah. just going. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, but yeah, th- I mean, the, the thing you bring up about AI is so so interesting to me because yeah. I I saw a picture of him in the Kobe the Kobe jersey when he was at the All Star game yeah. and the face all big. Yeah, and I'm like. Somebody needs to check in on AI. Right? Okay. Why do you think that is? Why do
0: you think players fall off the cliff like that?
1: That level of intensity, that level of drive and commitment mm-hmm. to being a peak performance athlete mm-hmm. is very draining, very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have to do it anymore, would you still do it?
0: Well, that's a great point because look at Kobe. Kobe yeah. looked like he could still play.
1: Yeah, but look, he look. Kobe was more. It was more driven by ego because I don't know if you ever, if you, if you saw this a couple of years back. There was a picture of him on vacation at a beach or somewhere, right? Just somewhere where he, where he had his shirt off, right? And the belly was out, right? right? And social media got on him about it, and he said, "No way." He said, "I'm gonna go. I'm I'm gonna get back in the gym. There's no way somebody's gonna be body shaming me, right?"
0: How bad was the body? Like how like you know, how bad how bad was it? It was dead bod,
1: you know? It, it, was it, it dad wasn't bod, let, Yeah, it was it was a it was a guy in retirement enjoying his family, <laughs> you know. He doesn't right. have to go out to court and be and be black mamba. Right. And he just he sort of let himself go. Right.
0: And he earned that. But and but be that as it may. So if he got back. Is that what happened?
1: Yeah, yeah. He got himself back in yeah that happened, right he wasn't going to be that guy for whatever reason whatever right. his personal reasons were it was it was important to him a lot of guys it isn't really that important to him. i mean jordan kind of got slim got himself back into relatively uh good shape in the past couple of years but i can remember even even he was running around looking yeah. kind of crazy well, magic magic
0: for magic, I me mean, that was different right i mean <laughs> magic just went off but anyway but i, I see what you're saying but um but go, but to my original question, you know, how much of that drive do you think is tied into happiness? Like do you think Michael Jackson and Michael Jordan in their heyday were truly happy?
1: Michael Jordan, let's see. Okay, let's start with Mike, right? And you see what the fame And the pressure to live up to the expectations that come along with people knowing you and having this one image in their mind of you. What that did to him. Right. Okay. And you basically can't go out into the world by yourself. You know, you, you have to shelter yourself and So I think the happiness comes from getting yourself out of an uncomfortable situation. But once you're comfortable, where does the drive continue to come from? You look at over Mm -hmm. his his body of work, right? He's got the three Mm -hmm. really strong albums, right? There's Thriller, there's Off the Wall, there's there's Bad, Mm -hmm. right? Dangerous was okay. You know, but after that, that's that's where where you can see. Okay, he yeah, he's comfortable here's my now. Thing. Did
0: you watch the h Did you watch the HBO mm-hmm. with the you know? It didn't... All right, I did not. I again didn't know much about Michael Jackson because I was born in eighty nine, so I was sort of at the tail end of it. And I I also grew up in a home that was a little more like religious, so a little more constrictive. So Michael Jackson really wasn't a fixture in our home, mm-hmm. but. Just for me reading about it historically. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you can say that someone who is close to like drive and that sort of whatever it is he was trying to scratch, and I'm not excusing it, but you would have to imagine that you're suffering from something that is incurable. Like there's something else in your mind that, that is going on that you're so above the fr- that you just you don't it's hard, and I could be totally off, but guys like that, like at that level, I just I just wonder if those people can find mm-hmm. peace. My Tyson is
2: peace, right? like after he, he game. I
0: just think there's something to that 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 craziness to like honor that lion mentality. I don't I don't man. I, I don't mm-hmm. think that'd be tied to happiness.
1: uh no no you have to well look here's the thing none of those none of those ex ex, external things can give you happiness they can be compliments to the happiness that you've already deliberately decided to give yourself but they can't they can't be the happiness they can't be where you seek the happiness from and i think where you find people who who you see are are overwhelmed by it or you or you can see instances where the the having it has has been problematic for them that's where that's where that stems from right they have seek they have sort of tried to get the happiness from the external things yeah just essentially if you're trying to find the happiness in the external things, right, the, the admiration from, from the fans, the money that comes along with it, et cetera, mm. those things are ultimately going to leave you empty because they're illusions. Mm. Mm. Right? But,
0: but those people at least have a purpose, right? Like, let me ask you this. You talk about spirituality a lot, and this is something you, you think about, right, and, and you philosophize about, mm. A lot of people are are looking for like their, their thing, their meaning, their calling, right? I I get, I get this. Maybe this is just the Twitter sense that I get, Mm -hmm. but that's the sense I get is a lot of people in my generation and younger, I don't want to say they're rudderless or aimless, but they're really just questioning like what path do they want to be on? And by the way, I'm not, I'm not knocking that. That's a great place to be because at least you're asking questions. There are a lot of people who have just resigned themselves to mediocrity Never ask those questions and just want to stay where they are. So if you're if you're even at the table, I, I applaud you, right? That goes without yeah. saying. I'm just I'm just wondering, you know, of all these people, do you come across a lot of people who are searching for meaning? And don't you think those people just really want to have like, you know, how Michael Jackson had singing and Michael Jordan had basketball? Like, isn't that what all these people are after?
1: In theory. Right. There's there's the theory and then there is the practicality of it. Yeah. Most people aren't as committed to the practicality, putting in the work day in and day out. Yeah. And ultimately, that's what separates them and someone who achieves the ultimate success. But even even those people, Bob Proctor talks about being an unconscious competent. So you can see someone who is incredibly successful, but not know why right all they know is that they found something that they were good at and they just committed themselves to it but there's is there really a purpose right right they just know that they're good at it like Michael Jordan liked playing basketball so he kept playing basketball is I don't think at the height of his career he was saying that me continuing to put as as much integrity into my craft and, and being being as good as I could possibly be at my craft is 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 so that someone coming up sees that integrity and they're inspired by it. Right. You see, not everyone does that. That that That, that is what will drive someone to keep the integrity going and to to find joy and happiness in the right. pursuit, is, is knowing that you're doing it for this bigger purpose.
0: Right, so that's interesting because I think what's really happening in today's world, a lot of, like, whatever the unhappiness metric is, Mm-hmm. whatever percentage of people who are unhappy and who are looking to be happy. First of all, there's a lot of people who don't even understand that they're unhappy. Yeah. Like I said before. So let's just, those who are wandering who feel like they're not happy. Right. Um, do you follow Gary V at all? I do. All right. So Gary V talks about this a lot, right? He's, this is a big theme for him, right? Are you happy? The whole thing is happiness, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're one of those people who he's talking to searching for happiness, a lot, I think a huge obstacle to happiness is people are doing it for the gram. Mm-hmm. It, it It's gotten to the point, the virtue signaling, the wokesters to the young ladies who basically go on vacation to take an Instagram photo, the mm-hmm. people who are fronting, like, you know, uh, the people who put, you know, sh- the shoe case of a shoe they don't actually own in a photo just to flex. Like mm-hmm. those, those people I think that's a, a bigger problem. And I think that it's a microcosm. Some people aren't as egregious as others, but mm-hmm. everyone's kind of doing it. And I think that the less you do that, the more happy you become. I, I just think that too many people are living for other people.
1: Yeah, it is. Look, here's the thing. A lot of that is easier said than done. So let's try to unpack this, right? Yeah. Let's, let's say, all right, these people, we can we can safely assume don't have the stuff as comfortably as they, as they try to project that they have it. Right? right. Like even if a woman takes one trip, she probably, that trip was probably sponsored.
0: you know. Right. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know like, and that's they, living uh, good, bro. And then you, you're top, top notch, if that's the case.
1: Yeah. Some yeah. people, people like to talk, I've, I've heard a lot of rappers talk about fab is one of my favorite who really exposes all of this fab and, uh, and push a T yeah. right. But just how you'll see these women in the pictures and but you don't know who took the picture right, right? the guy right. who took the picture is probably about 60 something years old right <laughs> you right. know what i mean but they, they the the trip was sponsored but the it is it's aspirational a lot of even even coming up in hip hop right these guys that, that get on the mic and they're rapping about stuff that they don't have it's aspirational so everybody, everybody's telling a true lie right you see but it's how far you take that true right. lie
0: but, and i think we're all guilty of it I just think mm-hmm. we're all doing it but but there is a point where it becomes unhealthy and speaking of social media just the last point to Jordan yeah. and LeBron I don't want to turn like forget about the conversation of who's, who's the goat there's one thing I will say unequivocally about LeBron Jordan wouldn't social media age not for 5 minutes no way bro mm-hmm. between the late night gambling the cigars the women no way bro Jordan yeah. would have been, Jordan would have been, the wokesters would have had a field day with him, bro. It would have been yeah. over.
1: <laughs> That's well, that mob would bury him. Of, right, yeah. that version of him. Who's to say that he wouldn't have adjusted accordingly?
0: I don't think so, bro. Jordan, no. Jordan just was different. LeBron, LeBron didn't, in my view, LeBron didn't start with the understanding of how to deal with the media. And I think he got lucky because his come up wasn't really during social media, Yeah, but he learned quick. I don't know if it was Pat Riley. I don't know if it was D Wade. I don't know who it was or what it was, but LeBron famously says, when I went to Miami, I really went to college. Mm -hmm. So I believe he, he, he was taught how to be the media icon he is today. I really do. And I don't think Jordan ever had that mentorship. Interesting. Yeah. Jordan was his own. Yeah. I think it was a different world, man. You can get away with a lot more, bro. You just could.
1: Yeah. But we can say that about. We can. All right. The, the, the only, the only thing that that I want to say about that is this, I can't say for certain that he wouldn't have adjusted.
0: I think he would have adjusted to the three ball era. I think he would have jacked up as many threes as LeBron is jacking up and hitting up, you know, 44
1: to 49%. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean that I, mean just that I believe <laughs> off the court, right? Yeah. I don't believe that. Yeah. yeah I hear what you're saying. The court to adjust to yeah. the, uh, to the, just the climate, right. I can't, I can't say for certain hypothetically. Yeah. We can, we can assume, but I, I can't say for certain, I, I would like to think that he would have been smart enough to to learn how to, how to maneuver Within, within uh, that climate.
0: Yeah. I don't know, man. LeBron, the one thing you, you got to say about LeBron, clean as a whistle, bro. I mean, forget about never injured. Never in the papers, man. Like, not one scandal. Not one.
1: Yeah. He has. He, he definitely, he had. Look, here's a guy who, he, he made mistakes, but he processed the mistake, processed what he did wrong and then made the right decisions afterwards. Like some people need to make mistakes multiple times in order to learn from it. Not this guy. Yes. You know, so we he made one we mistake. Have the, yeah. yes. Yeah, we had the, the decision. Yeah. Right. We had that and people blasted him for it. You haven't seen anything like that out of him since. Right. You know, but he, he, Look, he he picks and chooses his battle. He's 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 been a little a little reckless on Mm -hmm. social media. Oh yeah, we got to talk about that. Did you see his tweet today? I did. I I saw. Oh, we got to get into it. Part one of it.
0: (laughs) Okay. All right, we'll get to that. So let's let's talk about the NBA for a second. Let let's let's pivot to the to the other part of this conversation. Yes, I wanted to get your opinion. I want to start before we get to where the NBA is today and what my opinions are on where it's going and. In contrast to where the MLB is, Mm -hmm. let me, let me ask you a question before the season started, um, when the China scandal was going down, take me to the African American community was the outrage and the, what, you know, the uproar, was it as loud as and prevalent as it was, you know, everywhere else? Or was this sort of a, a a white guy issue for, for lack of a better term?
1: May have been. I didn't I didn't hear much about it, but I I, I kind of operate in a in a small bubble where mm-hmm. I don't let too many influence, too many outside influences come in.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's healthy.
1: Yeah, I get I. Yeah, I get most of my news from from social media. So I see the out, I, I'll see what people are outraged about on social media. That's how I kind of determine what to talk about in mm-hmm. my own program. But I mm-hmm. see. Uh, and I, did, I didn't see any of that from, from the, the communities that, that I, I follow on social media. So I, mm-hmm. think it, I think it may have been more something where, where ESPN and, mm-hmm. and other uh, more popular news outlets were focused on that. But it didn't, for me personally, let's talk about that. For me personally, yeah. I didn't see a big deal.
0: So in other words, Daryl Morey's tweet. Obviously, didn't offend you, right? Of course.
1: I thought, it was, he, was, I thought he was <laughs> reckless. Mind your business, especially if that's a business partnership that you've got with the NBA. I think there's a better way to do it without antagonizing.
0: The what? The, the, what was the better way? It. What was the better way to do that?
1: That's an interesting question. Yeah. Right. Um, fortunately for me, I don't, I don't run <laughs> a, a billion dollar organization, right? Like the so right. I have to have the perfect answer to that question. I, I think it goes back to, look, it, it, you have to be very selective. If, there, if there's, if you are not assisting with bringing a resolution to the problem, mm-hmm. then don't just kind of throw a shot out there. hmm and antagonize one 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 side of the issue yeah in other
0: words this is a customer of your boss you don't mess around i get that i totally get a
1: customer of your boss right you're not you're not on the front lines on either side
0: well well, i'm not sure i agree with you there bro because because you know if you and i tweeted that would you have a problem with that
1: I don't. Okay, we can say I don't have a problem with anyone doing anything.
0: No, of course not. I don't mean like judgmental. I just mean, like, do you think that no one should speak unless they're literally like being, you know, protested like in the protest?
1: I think that there is I think there is let's have integrity about about how we use our voice. Right? Because a lot of people, that's that's a, that's a huge issue right there. There is accountability. You see mm-hmm. where a lot of people just sort of you have a view when you go on social media or you use whatever platform you have and you right. put an opinion or perspective out there and, right. and you, you sort of go back to your life. Right.
0: Right. There people are, don't have empathy are, for the other side.
1: Yeah. There are people yeah. who are who are deep in that situation
0: no more, right?
1: You know who who whose daily lives are being affected by it. What is right. what is Daryl Morey doing,
0: right? Right, that's fair. I I totally agree with your overarching point that people really need to stay in their lane. Generally, mm-hmm. yeah. I also think that at the same time, you know, showing support for a cause that that you identify with or believe with, believe in, mm-hmm. I'm cool with that too. I just think you need to understand what you just said. But fair enough. Be that as it may. Where we are with the NBA. So the season start, let's go back to the season starting. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were, were, were really upset, but my only issue with that entire thing, the thing that looked the worst to me was LeBron saying that Steve Kerr was uninformed in the matter when Steve Kerr basically said, yeah, uh, it's pretty terrible what they're doing. I, I, you know, I've, that's, it's, it's, it's awful. And LeBron basically says, oh, well, Steve Kerr doesn't know what he's talking about. The issue I have with that is LeBron actually plays to the woke left all the time, Mm -hmm. more than an athlete, the Hillary thing. LeBron is always, you know, always, always there to more than, you know, to be more than just an athlete. Yeah. But when it comes to China, all of a sudden, very hush hush. So that I didn't, I didn't appreciate.
1: And I can agree with you on that point, right? It might, it might've been a little, a little leftover saltiness, right? From Steve getting two out of three championships on him.
0: Uh, I can't say that. That probably I don't know. I could buy that, but I'm I'm just gonna say it was about money, bro. At the end of the day, LeBron makes a lot of money out of China.
1: Okay, but he, he <laughs> business uh, move. Business does make a lot of money out of China, right? But why why attack Steve specifically? You know why why not? You he didn't have to. He could have disagreed with what Steve said without throwing that jab at him where okay he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's misinformed. If look, if someone if someone says that to me about a comment that I made in in good faith, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna feel some type of way about it. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna wanna know why he couldn't have expressed his disagreement in a way that didn't didn't take a shot at me. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's my my perspective on it.
0: The, the fact is, I, I, to me at least, LeBron okay. absolutely absolutely was making a business decision. Yeah. It's just pretty pretty clear that he was backpedaling for his customer. But you know what? That's fine. I actually respect the hustle. Yeah. You know what? I'm cool with LeBron. I just think LeBron should have said that. Like, look, you know what? It's a sensitive issue because it's really not our place to speak about it. And we have a business that's dependent in China. So I don't think any one of you would want to sabotage, sabotage your own business customers, yeah. businesses, customers. So I don't want to do that either. I think you can respect that. But to me, that would have been the answer. Yeah. You know, I don't want to speak on it because there's a conflict of interest. Basically all you have to say.
1: Well, also there's a lot of ego going on there, right? Yes, for sure. There's a lot of ego. He, look, it, it doesn't get pointed out enough. How big of an ego this guy has.
0: LeBron being, we're talking about LeBron. LeBron. He's very passive aggressive too.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: All those years with Cleveland when he wanted to make those trades at the deadline that ultimately were awful for the organization. But what he wanted, you know, Kyle Korver, George Hill, like all these guys cost something and they weren't worth anything. But LeBron needed him for three months. Um, So very passive aggressive. Um, So getting to his tweet. so, So let me just set the stage. So the NBA season kicks off, you know, in the wake of the controversy and the controversy dwindles. Right. Because that's the world we live in. Everything dw everything dwindles, right? We live live in the age of Trump. Nothing matters for more than twenty four hours. Yeah. Um. So you're you're in this you're in this milieu where the NBA then the narrative becomes that the ratings are down. Mm -hmm. Um. I'm sure you remember this. And me, I know you. You and me. I don't know if you're a league pass guy because I'm actually not a league pass guy, but I'm an NBA TV guy. Like. Um, I live down in South Florida now and I'm a yeah. Knicks fan and you know, I obviously I can't be watching the Knicks. It's yeah. just, it hurts my heart. So I've been watching the heat. I watch the heat every night. I watch NBA TV. I'm an NBA fan. I wouldn't say I'm, you know, I don't work at the ringer, but you know, I really enjoy watching NBA on a nightly basis when yeah. I can. And I would tell you that I found the games very interesting. Yeah. I have no problem watching Clippers jazz on a Wednesday night. Like that's, to me, that's still entertaining, but the, the narrative became that that ratings are down. Yeah. So so in that. So during that period, did you think the NBA sort of had an issue? And, you know, was the NBA still prevalent to you as much as it was before?
1: Not not for me. Right. And and I and, and I don't feel that it's it has anything to do with the 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 NBA itself, I think it's just more me as a person, mm-hmm. right? And 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 how my interests have evolved. Mm-hmm. So there's there's less of a priority. It's less of a priority for me to watch okay. a, a, a game.
0: So you're um, mostly catching yeah. the highlights. Yeah. Okay.
1: Right. Okay. And, and 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 here's another thing. The you, you said that you know you're you're up for watching a a heat and and jazz game yeah during the middle of the week how do you do you feel that you speak for the minority of or or the majority when you say something like that
0: here's what i think um okay. i think that the casual nba fan yeah. The kid who did you look, I grew up watching basketball. Like we're, we're from New York. Basketball is different. You know, when you're a New Yorker and you play basketball, you grew up watching basketball. The Knicks were good, right? In the early 90s. Basketball, yeah. basketball is really a cultural thing in New York, right? Mm-hmm. What did you say? Yeah. So, guys like me who grew up watching basketball and just being a fan, I don't think we ever lost interest. Mm-hmm. We may have busy lives, we may recognize that the regular season means almost nothing compared to the yeah. playoffs. Like we might be savvy enough to get that, but I don't think our inherent interest in the game has waned. I just think it's just not, you know, there's a lot more going on and we're not just going to sit and watch Clippers jazz on a Wednesday night at nine 30. Cause we just got home from like some dinner party, or whatever it was. Right. Like, I don't think that's, I just think that a lot of people just stopped caring because they weren't avid fans to begin with. And yeah. and the playoffs really aren't anything connected to the regular season. But I don't yeah. think the NBA... So that's the only problem the NBA has. The yeah. only problem the NBA has is, is that its regular season product is, on most nights, borderline unwatchable to someone who's not inherently invested in your game. I that, agree with that. The, and to me, so this is... The, now, this is a personal opinion. I don't like the three-ball era. I think it's... I think it's a bit much. I think what, like what the Rockets are doing, you see what they did training their center? Yeah. What the Rockets are doing where Russell Westbrook is basically the two and the three and no one's ever in the lane. Yeah. I don't, I, to me, that's not fun. I don't want to watch that where, you know, everything is a high screen and roll and you know, Harden's pulling up from 30 feet like that's Just not, you know that's just not what I'm into. I, I I prefer the older game, the more you know, the more physical game rather than the finesse game. Yeah. But but that's the only problem the NBA has. Mm-hmm. In the wake of this past weekend, All-Star Weekend, how did you feel about the NBA? And did you watch any of the All-Star festivities?
1: I did. Um and so I'll start with your, your first question about how I felt. I there are maybe Let's see. I, w- I, don't, I, want, I don't even want to say a handful, right? There's probably about 10 really good teams that that are, are, are operating in the league right now, right? You're talking about the Lakers, Milwaukee,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Clippers, Jazz, that's four, five, Miami, mm-hmm. six, Denver, mm-hmm. seven, uh Philadelphia, eight Boston, and not in any particular order because I would put Boston above Philadelphia right now.
0: You basically have Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, Rockets, Celtics, Heat Nuggets, Raptors.
1: Raptors. There we go. All right. Throw the Raptors in it. So we've got nine right there. But yeah. out of those nine, how many are are the casual fan gonna want to sit down and watch a game from?
0: That's really interesting. Um, Lakers obviously. Yeah. The thing with the Clippers is is that they're still so transient. I mean, mm-hmm. PG and Kawhi, I don't know how many games they've played together, but Not enough. They're not exactly homeboys on the court. Like, you know, they're not exa- they haven't exactly been doing this since high school. Yeah, right. Um, and I think that transience just plays into the market. I, I don't think that the casual fan is as interested in the team because the team came together last week and they never play together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: so the bucks, not really. Mm-hmm. Giannis is, and is exciting. Even though
1: they're the most dominant team in the league, right? So, so that's a huge thing right there. They're obliterating everyone. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they've got one of the biggest stars in the, in the game. Mm-hmm but who cares about them? Mm-hmm. That's a fascinating thing to me, where this team is so elite, so much better than everyone, but if you've got an option between sitting down and watching a Bucks game against maybe the Suns or whoever, or even the Jazz, right? Another good team, that, mm-hmm. but that doesn't have that star power, mm-hmm. and, and watching something on, on broadcast television or cable television, which one are you choosing? it? Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm not as 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 emotionally invested in watching a Milwaukee Bucks game.
0: So let's talk about the East while we're here. Well, let me, yeah. you know what? Let me let me wrap up on the on the NBA. The NBA's problem is that they have a hard time relaying their product to the casual fan. OK. Here's what the NBA does incredibly well. And here's where their problems don't lie. Okay. They they lean into the players at every turn to learn and try new things, right? This whole this whole All-Star format came from Chris Paul, I think. Chris Paul, yes. Right, CP basically said this is what you guys should do and they listened.
1: Yeah, it was from him watching the basketball tournament. Mhm. Right? The, it's the, I think it's a 3 on 3 tournament. May or may not be that, right? But anyway, it's it's sort of like a, this summer tournament and where they just basically make it so that the The end of the game has to end on a game-winning shot.
0: I didn't catch the fourth quarter. I really wanted to. I fell asleep. Yeah. Um, Did you watch the fourth quarter? Yeah. Was it really as awesome as everyone said it was? Yes. They were really balling out.
1: It was very spirited basketball. It's exactly what you want to see because here's the whole. Here's what makes the All Star game so exciting to the casual fan. You've got the top Mm -hmm. basketball players in the world. And theoretically, you're you're thinking that they're going to they're going to be playing their asses off against one another. Right. So you you want to see these guys competing very hard against each other, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of like trying to see who is going to be the best of the best, because those discussions are always going to be had. Right. So if you've got some kind of format that can that can essentially. Just, just answer that question once and for all, or, or at least at that point in time during the season, people want to see that. But it, it doesn't always turn out that way, you know. This was these guys; their pride was on the line because you bring the kids into it, right? And you got the charity, okay? And who wants to be the team that doesn't get the kids that money?
0: I agree. I agree. So all great, but the NBA tries. New things. Mm-hmm. They they take they take swings, right? They may miss here and there, but yeah. what they always do, if you notice, they put out feelers and you know in the media, Twitter gets it out where they're trying this new tournament thing in the playoffs. You know, there's the outrage, so they sort of soft test it, and then they realize, okay, let that's not a good idea. Let's try something else. So they're re- they're really savvy, and they take chances. The NFL, same thing, right? They'll change the two point rule by halftime. They don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. They're down, right? They're good. They're good with it. The majors, on the other hand, if you look at what the MLB is going through now with the, the cheating scandal, yeah. and this is where LeBron chimed in, which I do want to get to. But my my point is this. The MLB, this isn't their problem. Yeah. I mean, it is their problem today. But like we said before, in the age of Trump, nothing lasts for longer than 24 hours. Yeah. Everything Everything is a story that's going to disappear. All yeah. of it. Right? The MLB, this isn't the issue. Dude, the ratings are going to go up. They're, this is good for for business. You now have two villains. You got the Astros and the Yankees. Things are great. I'm going to want to watch the Astros play. Yeah, right. This is good news. What's bad news is everything else in the majors. It's it's what's below the surface. The problems they haven't solved. I mean, the the, the minor league players are essentially eating pasta and living on thirty five grand a year. Mm-hmm. Attendance is down. The product is not relatable. The game is too long. People. Increasingly, aren't growing up playing baseball because it's hard enough to meet nine of your buddies. How are you going to find eighteen of them to play the game?
2: Yeah,
0: right. They got a huge problem, homegrown wise. They can't spend enough money in these inner cities and tight communities. It is tough. The majors they're facing a big problem right now because on on a, on a deeper level, they have to solve their problems. The NBA, we just got to figure out how to make it more fun to watch. Chris Paul might have another idea where every fourth game you played a 98 and the game's over. I don't know. Yeah. Right. You can solve that problem. It is much harder to solve the majors problem right now. Mm. Okay. So that's the contrast.
1: Yeah. I'll, for, I'll first go to your point with the NBA. It's, I don't, I don't even know if it's about making the game more fun to watch. It's about the, making the players. Like, why do I even care about most of these players? How many of these guys have charisma? How many of these, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm, I'm watching Aaron Gordon the other night. Yeah, he's a, he's a fantastic dunker, right? Mm-hmm. But does the, the guy's got no charisma, mm-hmm. right? He's a total square. Mm-hmm. No disrespect to him and his family. Right. But they market him. He's in every dunk contest, right? He's
0: still fun to watch dunk. They find a way to expose him, and that's what the NBA does well. Look, man, they had common talk for 45 minutes. I don't even know what he was talking about. Jesus. But it was.
1: No, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I, don't, I don't, look, man, maybe because of Chicago <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and Kanye turned it down. But- right. That's <laughs> great you know so who, who's the next chicago representative you get because you already got chance performing during the halftime right all right but i don't know if i want to hear either one of those guys introduce the uh the uh the, the all-star starters i don't i don't know i don't think i want to hear dj Khaled introduce anybody right. You know, exactly. But yeah, but apparently the NBA is contractually obligated to have DJ Khaled do something at every All Star game. Now I don't know how Rock Nation pulled that off.
0: Oh, I didn't know he was with Rock Nation. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, he, Yeah, they, I. I guess it's uh, um, uh management, right? Wow. But, um, yeah, I, I've seen him at pretty much every All Star event for the last couple of years participating in some way, shape, or form where he's announcing something or or they, they got a mic in his hand.
0: Right. <laughs> so, DJ um, Khaled. Always
1: there. Always fast. Always there. <laughs> right. All right. The major My- leagues, right? We were talking about yeah. that. Um look, I was watching a commercial earlier today and it was a a Spanish, it was it was about Vlad mm-hmm. Guerrero and his son. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. talking about how, look,
0: you're place for the Blue Jays, young player, great player.
1: Yeah. And 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 the dad, there's a voiceover from the dad saying, look, before you were even born, I knew what your name was going to be. Right. So he said, I gave you my name. But what right. I couldn't give you was your passion and your drive to ultimately right. go and be the best right. you know, at your craft. And right. it's a very inspiring commercial. And then I saw another one where they're where they're showing the, the juxtaposition between the game back in the day, right, where, where you had the Babe Ruths and the Lou Gehrigs playing, to now, mm-hmm. right? You've got a little more, guys with a little more flavor. You mm-hmm. see, but overall, who, how many of these guys are you interested in, right? Mm-hmm. How many of these, like, could you even, is there anyone you're saying, okay, I want to turn on the TV and see this guy? I, I can't remember anybody since since Barry Bonds and, mm-hmm. and Ken Griffey Jr. where I was excited to know what they did on a night in and night out basis.
0: Right. And to your point, Barry Bonds, the darling of the steroid era, Mm -hmm. the game was fine. Everyone loved watching baseball. And then there was outrage and the game went on and we don't sit here and talk about steroids anymore. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's there. Okay. We talk about every time the hall of fame conversation happens. Okay. We talk about Roger Clemens. That's fine, but it's not a, it doesn't dominate the narrative of the sport. Yeah. Neither will this, this will disappear into the ether. once the season's over with. And to to your point, you know, how do you take those Vlad Guerrero's and make them global icons? I don't know, but the point is, is that that's a much harder problem to solve. Um, and the cross reference here is LeBron, who just hours ago I was I just landed in uh, in Pennsylvania, uh, and you know. I didn't have service on, on, on the plane. And mm-hmm. I saw that bleacher report notification hit. And I just thought to myself, of course, he had to dip his toes into this into this one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It goes back to the ego, right? It goes, it goes back to the ego where, where like you said, and, and, and it was the first time I'd ever, I've ever heard someone uh, make, make the point that particular way, which is he's on the woke left, right? If, if I recall correctly what you said.
0: Yeah, he's definitely a wokester.
1: You know where where he just he 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 always makes sure to 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 position himself on the right side of the argument, you know, and then uses his voice for that, and and then everyone that like the like the NCAA thing. Right. Where he's 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 going on on Twitter and saying, oh, they're mad now. And I'm just like, bro. Like, yeah. Like, why? Why are you antagonizing? You know, because just because you've got a voice and you've got a platform and you're highly influential. You don't don't go on there and antagonize in a street way, you know, where they're mad. Now, like, let, let's 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 still have a sense of decorum about this.
0: Well, let me read the tweets for those of you who um maybe haven't seen it yet, because this is just a you know a couple hours ago. He said, listen, I know I don't play baseball, but I am in sports. And I know if someone cheated me out of winning the title and I found out about it, I would be uh, effing Matt irate. I mean, like uncontrollable about what I would slash could do. Listen here, baseball commissioner. Listen to your players speaking today about how disgusted mad, hurt, broken, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, about this literally ball baseball court, or should I say field? And you need to fix this for the sake of sports. Hashtag just my thought coming from a sports junkie, regardless my own sport I play. Um, yeah, initial thoughts on that, please.
1: What what's the, what's the guy supposed to do? I saw I've been after you told me, about because I didn't I didn't watch anyone's comments. I didn't really read much about uh, what what transpired, the investigation, any of that. Right. But you've got, you've got Rob Manfred, Commissioner of, of Major League Baseball. And from what he said, a thorough investigation was done. Add, he asked every member of the Astros, and these guys cop to what they did in 2017 and said that nothing of the sort took place in 18 and 19, right? And then uh, you've, got, you've got Mike Trout coming out. He's got something to say. You've got J.D. Martinez. Martinez actually said, look, let's let's we're coming down too hard on these guys. Mm-hmm. OK, but but everyone else is pretty much saying, OK, maybe we should have stripped the title from him. Maybe Altuve shouldn't have the uh, the MVP award anymore. Mm-hmm. But this stuff sets a dangerous precedent. Mm-hmm. You know, where now you're saying maybe we should go back and strip MVPs from this guy, mm-hmm. you know, Or or he was on this championship team and and, and maybe we should take their championship away. I don't want to say if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Right. Mm -hmm. Because there's levels to cheating. But I think it was J.D. Martinez who says, look, the the sign stealing thing, it's not new.
0: Right. They just enhanced it.
1: Yeah, they they took it to a level where they sort of. Uh, created a formula, <laughs> right? Right, and, and 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 did and 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 took it to another level, right? You like you said, they enhanced it. It's a thing that's been going on for the longest of times, and but what happens? Look, there are two sides, right? You see, so okay, they're they're getting hits, right? But what about the pitching?
0: Well, so. So first of all, well, do you, so you think that the the punishment was fine, like you're, that, that was fair and justified? Like it is what it is. Let's move on.
1: I don't have, if look, here's the thing. The issue that people are having with the punishment is that they're saying that if it's not about, okay, you didn't suspend any of the players. Then it's about, OK, you should have taken the championship away. So those are the two issues that I hear people having throughout, uh, throughout right. what I've been following that's,
0: in. Right. In other words, that's what, what should have happened is the championship is gone.
1: Yeah, the championship gone or that these players are going to go and they're going to start the season and be able to go out on the field and play. What do you do? Do you suspend the entire team?
0: you know what? I don't know what the punishment should have been. Like we can sit here and discuss that all day. Um, yeah. I don't know. You got to, sometimes I just don't know, but here's, here's what, so I saw that Manfred apologized again, a couple hours ago. Um, and I was sending you the notes. I was actually not sure if I wanted to mention this, but what I would have done this morning, what I was thinking about this this morning If you're Rob Manfred, all you had to do was come out and say, I'm sorry, I botched it. I don't know what the punishment should have been, but we're not going to take their championships away because we don't believe that you can tear down history. Just like we can't really get rid of the steroid era by taking away titles and championships and all all that jazz. right? Mm. I'm sorry that people are upset with the punishment and I want to move on. And the truth is, is I'm going to learn from this experience. right? That's all you really had to say if you're Rob Manfred. Um, because again, you should be savvy enough to know that this is good for your game. It's not bad. The question is, how do you parlay this into attention? How do you take this moment and say, all right, how can I increase our reach and our exposure? How can, how can the brand, you know, not only recover, but thrive? And the answer is, is that you just glorify the Astros, but you just make the villain more of the villain. You just fuel that fire, Right. You you go like LeBron tweeting this. This is exactly what the MLB should want. Mm -hmm. Right. Because the more attention you bring to the fact that this is a fiasco and a a train wreck, the more people are going to hate on the Astros, which is good for you.
1: That's an interesting point. Right. Because there are dangers to that. Everyone's not going to hand. You have you have fans that could potentially do something crazy. Like what? start throwing stuff on the field, right? Or these guys are out in public and and they're doing something crazy.
0: Well, I I do think that you need to come out and start getting strict. I do think you need to come out and say, look, I've learned from my mistakes. And if you throw at a player twice, you're thrown out, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now you do need to come out and, 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 and carry a large stick at some point. Right, you do have to protect your players. You don't want it to turn into, you know, into a total train wreck. Um, but LeBron coming out and saying this, what LeBron is basically saying is, is, that I'm also upset, right? Yeah. LeBron LeBron's playing this this game where he 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 doesn't like being outside of a conversation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: remember that moment? I think it was around Christmas Day. Uh, Kevin Hart was in the stands, and AD fell into the stands, and LeBron just comes out of nowhere and like falls into the pit and like helps. Yeah, you, remember? Did you see that? That clip it was a couple mm-hmm. months ago. Yeah, I think that's LeBron in a nutshell. I really do. LeBron just doesn't like not being the center of gravity.
1: That is, and that is. Look, if we can get back to basketball, right? Because yeah. I know that you wanted to talk about yeah. the odds for winning the championship. Yeah. And what, what I see with LeBron is he's such a dominant force on his team. He, yeah. his teams become made in his image and likeness. Mm-hmm. And you can tell when he doesn't have com- when his teammates don't feel that he has confidence in them. Mm-hmm. You look at, but what he'll do is is he'll not have confidence in the team, mm-hmm. but still go out and put on an otherworldly performance, right? Just to show that it's not him that was the issue with the team. Mm-hmm. Like when in the season before, when he goes off in the finals and averages damn near triple double, but they get swept.
0: Right. So let's talk about the West. Let's uh yeah let's end with with this little segment right here. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Lakers being the odds-on favorite, I actually don't think that the Lakers can win the championship. I don't think that they will or they can. Yeah. Um, so let's just look at them. They're forty-one and twelve. They're twenty-eight and six inside the West. They're a staggering twenty-three and five on the road, mm-hmm. and and they're two and zero in overtime, which I always like to look at because usually that tells you a team is well-disciplined and conditioned if they, can, if they can consistently win OT games. yeah. Um, so if you look at the Lakers, I don't understand how they're going to get through three rounds and the finals for the following reason. I don't know who your fifth guy is. I don't think they know who their fifth guy is. Uh, it's going to be LeBron, AD. Um, it, it's got to be Avery Bradley, I guess.
1: Avery, right. Danny Green, and you've got JaVel at center.
0: So JaVale your five, right? So, so outside of Danny Green, who's shooting the corner three when everybody else is bottled up? I, I don't think they know who that is. Because if you swap out JaVel mm. for Caruso or Rondo even, I mean, you and we haven't even mentioned Kuzma, mm-hmm. right? So I don't think, to, to our point, I don't think they trust Kuzma in that spot. So I don't really think they know who that fifth
1: guy is. Well, Avery's been shooting 36% this year from behind the arc. KCP, after a rough start, has been very consistent with shooting the three, especially on catch-and-shoot threes, mm-hmm. right? So he's been highly effective shooting the three for them. Mm-hmm. Kuzma is, is the wild card because he's supposed to be that third guy. Mm-hmm. And he has not been. He's been very inconsistent. He's been out of the line in and out of the lineup with injuries. Okay. So he hasn't been very reliable. They have a turnover issue. Mm -hmm. I don't know what their what their season average is for for turnovers, but I know when LeBron's not highly engaged, he turns the ball over a lot. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Yeah, so so that is an issue. Also, watching the game the other night seeing him up against an elite guy like Giannis, Giannis, however that's pronounced. Yeah. Giannis made him look like a second teamer. At times. Yeah. There were two critical possessions down the stretch where LeBron's going one-on-one with Giannis, right? The one where he tries to put a spin move on him and Giannis blocks it with so much ease. You would have thought he was playing up against a, a high schooler. Right. Okay. And then the other play that ended up that was that got uh, reviewed and they ended up ruling in, in, in uh, Giannis's team's favor with the block when LeBron, Le- LeBron tried to drive by Giannis and Giannis pinned it up against the backboard. Right. Okay. So against 95% of the league, LeBron's going to get busy. He's going to do his thing. Right. But up against the elite guys. Okay, the Clippers, they're 0 2 against the Clippers. They snatched defeat from the jaws of victory twice against yeah. the Clippers. Yeah. Having the lead, right, for about 70% of the game, 70, 75% of the game, and then letting the Clippers take over late in the second half.
0: So, to your point, the Lakers are 16th in three point percentage this year. 16th.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, that would tell you that perhaps their field goal percentage is up. Mm-hmm. Um, where would you guess they are in field goal percentage?
1: I'm going to because they score a lot at the rim, right? They get a lot of points in the paint. I think they're 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 top three at least as far as points in the paint. Um, I'm going to say top ten. So how about tw- how
0: about twenty second overall? Interesting field goal percentage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not buying into the Lakers being the odds-on favorite. I don't understand it. I, mm-hmm. I just, I truly don't. Now they've got a lot of wins, and I haven't del dived into that schedule, but I'm going to have to assume that that schedule was a little soft. Okay, okay. What about free throw percentage?
1: Oh, that's come. I, I already know that's got to be awful, right? Because I know LeBron shoots an awful percentage. The only guy I know shooting well from from free from the free throw line for the is is AD.
0: How about next to last at 29th for field goal percentage?
1: Yeah, and then you add the fact that Dwight's on the team as well. That's right. And, and Kuzma's not shooting well from the free throw line either.
0: And to your point, they're sixth in rebounds. So all this is to say, I, I don't understand how the Lakers are going to get by three rounds because I don't think they know who their fifth guy is. And I think the Raptors showed us last year, you need seven, seven bad mofos to win the title mm-hmm. you need seven guys who can come in there ice in their veins you need van you need a van vliet seventh guy to come in there and be like yeah i could take a shot over siakam any day
1: like, that's
0: what you need right um
1: yeah but look all i think it, i think that was most and then but you see there's been a carryover this year right but that was that's mostly the Kawhi effect
0: well fair enough you can tell, you can say that Siakam went up a level because of Kawhi. But the point is, is last year.
1: No, I think that kid already had that in him. Right. When I say the Kawhi effect, I'm I'm saying that that guy is so selfless. Mm-hmm. That is the prototypical team ball player right there. Right. That guy cares about nothing but team, and not in not in not in the LeBron way. Right. Where LeBron cares about team because that is his. That's that's his brand. Right. You see. But you've seen when when the team wasn't good enough and he had to carry those guys. He imploded the team. Right. Right. You saw exactly what he did with the Lakers last year, what he did with Cleveland when he when he didn't like the team. Okay, that Lakers team. And and you just look at what 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 Brandon Ingram and Lonzo are doing and Josh Hart over there in in New Orleans. Now that they've got people that are supportive of them, well, okay, yeah, playing much better ball, especially Ingram. They they would love to have Ingram right now over Kuzma.
0: Well, I think they realize that now. The question: I don't know if the Pels said we want Ingram over Kuzma. I don't know how that went down, but they definitely, I agree, would want Ingram today for sure. Well, he's he's an all star. I mean,
1: (laughs) he's an all star. But I think I don't think yeah, I don't think you. Anyone, anyone saw this coming. They were looking at what Kuzma did, especially in in, in Mamba's last year, yeah. right? And then, and then even last year was saying that that he was the one that was most effective at playing off of LeBron. He was getting a lot of getting a lot of uh, uh baskets, right? Mm-hmm. Going at the rim off of off of curls and things of that nature. Just and 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 his ability to shoot the three. Okay, so. The idea was that that was moving forward, that was going to be the guy best suited to play with LeBron,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but he can't get his own basket.
0: This being right? Kuzma. He
1: can't, he can't facilitate for others. Right. Brandon Coo- does that.
0: Yeah. Um, well, Kuz is younger, too, right? I don't <clears throat> can't
1: know. Can't be that much younger, right? They're both young. They're both young. I mean, B.I.,
0: what is this? This third or fourth year now? Third. Third year. All right. I mean, you have seeing Jason Tatum make that jump, right? Mm-hmm. Year two to year three, but be that as it may, let's just talk about the West as a whole here. All right. So let's just, let's get a view here. So you got the Lakers at one 41 and 12, and we pretty much just tore them down as, as prohibited favorites. So uh, the nuggets don't get respect. They're 38 and 17. They're four games back in the Lakers. The nuggets really want to take that two spot because they don't want to be messing with the Clippers until, you know, Round two or three. And they definitely don't want to be messing with the Lakers until round two or three. So, what the Nuggets want is to take the two and have the Lakers do their dirty work for them. That's what the Nuggets want, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You got the Clippers there with a game back at 37 and 18. got the Jazz at 36 and 18. I don't think you buy into the Jazz, right? No. All right. I don't think you buy into the Rockets at 34 and 20. I certainly would not with their team right now.
1: Interesting because what I watched is. Teams underestimate them. Oh man. Because if you watch that first game. I did. I, I watched Lakers, that whole game. Yeah. The Lakers faced them. Mm-hmm. The Lakers should have dominated that game. The Lakers did not take them seriously. Mm-hmm. And the Rockets came in there and and put a whooping on them. They did. Right? They did. Took a game from them that they had no business winning. They did. And even even outside of the Laker game, they have they're they're about 80 or 90 percent since this since uh, they've been playing with this particular style of lineup. Right. In terms of winning percentage. So I'm, I'm not writing them off. If, if anybody can make it work it's Dan Tony. What I have the issue. My biggest issue is Harden. I have not seen Harden and Westbrook pe- play well in the same game. If Harden's on, Westbrook is off. If Westbrook is on, yeah. Harden is off.
0: I, I just don't buy, I don't think you're going to win three rounds without a five. I'm sorry. I, I, I just, maybe I'm too old school. Maybe I'm already too old, but I think you need a five to win a basketball game, you know, in the playoffs. I really do. I just don't see how you're going to sh- jack up, what, 35 43s at, you know, at a 42% clip. I just don't see it.
1: Well, outside of Go and. And uh, the process, what fives are playing more than 15, 20 minutes a game?
0: Listen, Draymond is still a five, right? You're still going to win games with Draymond if you have your squad, okay?
1: He is six eight. He's still your five. He's still He's the fair five. Fair enough, right? He's but they, Houston has guys at that height, right? They, and, then, and now they bring in DeMar Carroll and Jeff Green, right? Two dogs down there to play some more defense for him.
0: Jeff Green can't defend the five, bro.
1: Maybe not against the five by himself. I
0: didn't right? know they but, got tomorrow, but, but that's good.
1: But out, in the West, right? Yeah. Outside of AD, mm-hmm. outside of the Lakers, what teams have fives playing more than 15 and outside? All so right. You've got, Jokic? You've got Utah. Jokic? You, yeah, you've got Utah, you've got Denver, Zubot's Lakers. Zubot's he plays, he gets minutes. Are you scared of that guy? Zubot's can play ball,
0: bro. I think people sleep on Zubot's.
1: That's that's my question. Are you no, scared of him? No. he's
0: not going to he's not he's not going to hit the dagger with, you know, a minute and a half to go in a game 6, but he's going to give me is, valuable minutes.
1: Is is He's a starting are five. The gonna, are the Clippers going to say we're going to take the ball out of Kawhi and PG's hands and just dump it down to Zubac and let him go one-on-one and try to score 50
0: negative but he's he's a productive five bro he gets minutes
1: but he's he's not gonna he's not there's no way he's not gonna dominate a game to the point where he disrupts where you take the ball out of Kawhi's hands and PG's hands right so ultimately it's gonna be on Kawhi and PG that guy he may he may Sort of catch lightning in a bottle and give them 20, 20, 23 points in a game. Right. But he's not going to dominate a series.
0: Fair enough. He, he, he's 17.8 minutes per game. That's, that's what Zubats is. Um, Point is this point point is this man. He's still a five. He needs to, he's still a product. He's still a player at five. I still think you need him to defend the rim for three and a half quarters. That, that's just the my only
1: point. I, yeah, the only point I'm making is that guy is not gonna disrupt what you do as an offense.
0: But he's rim right. protection. He still exists on the on the floor.
1: But he's let's not act like this guy's Bill Russell.
0: He's not Bill Russell, but he can he can he can get in your face if you come into the lane, which is more he's than the Rockets big, can do.
1: Yeah. He's <laughs> he's a big body. He's a big body, but he's not deterring Westbrook and he's not deterring Harden.
0: Bro, but he's going to grab me eight boards a game. Who, 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 if, if they're playing the Rockets, right? Who's grabbing yeah. a board if Zubats is in the game on the Rockets?
1: We're saying that theoretically, right? Because the guy is going to be the biggest guy on the court. Yeah,
0: who's, who's grabbing gonna, a board? He's,
1: he's going <laughs> to swallow up every offensive and defensive rebound.
0: That's right. And you might say he's a, well, he's a liability on the other end on a switch. That's fair enough. But again, then you're relying on the Rockets to hit at a 42 to 48% clip consistently, and they haven't done that. It's been, what, three, four years where they've come up with clunkers in the playoffs? I just don't buy it.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that, yeah. right? But the thing is, they they pretty much have no choice but to go contrarian to the rest of the conference because... You're right. not going to, your big guy is not going to outplay Anthony Davis.
0: That's right. You got to go all in because you don't have a chance anyway. I respect that.
1: Yeah. You're not, yeah. you're not going to, you're, yeah, you're not, you're, you've got no one, right, in that low post position at a four, at the four of the five that's going to outplay the biggest guy on the Lakers or the, or, or, or any, or uh, Denver. Right. You've got to you've got to get a team that accentuates your strengths, right. which are those two guys on the perimeter, Westbrook and Harden.
0: Right. OK, so let's just talk. Let's just wrap up the West here. So I'm not buying we're not we're not buying the Jazz or the Rockets. You're definitely not buying the Thunder, the Mavs or the Grizz. Look, so let's not uh Let's not. Throw the uh,
1: the. Uh, the Thunder out with the bathwater.
0: Come on, bro. You you're not you're not gonna tell me the Thunder are gonna contend.
1: I like Chris Paul's competitive spirit. I that team, the only reason the only reason that team is anything right now is because of Chris Paul. Everyone wrote them off at the beginning of the season.
0: Like they're not winning three rounds. You know that. <laughs> Come on.
1: Look, okay, so if we say
0: Bro, they're not even on the on the list of, of odds. For, for the favorite,
1: which even even look i'm not I'm not saying that they're gonna make it all the way to the final.
0: Let's see what their okay. odds are
1: i don't i i don't I wouldn't put it past them to give someone a dog fight and make it tough, and then who knows what would happen right? The clippers have not been able to stay healthy all year long hundred fifty to one yeah, the clippers <laughs> have not been able to stay healthy all year long. I don't know. Kawhi was interviewed after the, the All-Star game, mm-hmm. and they talked about how many practices they've all had as a unit, right? That, mm-hmm. that, uh, that, that theoretical starting five in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He said about 10. Mm-hmm. These guys haven't been balling together. There's something to be said for continuity. That team he was on with the Raptors last year, they were relatively healthy.
0: I think you're talking bro, yourself sorry. into this, bro. I mean, maybe around, maybe around, but
1: yeah, I'm not, I'm not, yeah. look, I'm not, I'm not going to bet the farm on, yeah. on, on, uh, OKC. I'm just saying if, if there is, if, if that team with that competitive drive and Billy Donovan's is an excellent coach. Okay. And you've got a Clippers team that is, that is less than less than healthy, right? They can't count on Kawhi and PG Every single night, things could get really interesting.
0: Fair enough. So you're looking at a three-to-three at a three team race, Lakers, Nuggets, Clippers? I mean, would we say that's about fair?
1: In the uh, way? Okay. In the Nuggets, way? Nuggets, Clippers, and let's not count out Utah.
0: Right. So every team has a flaw, right? The Clippers don't have continuity. Utah has never done it and really don't have a, a – a, Prolific second option, which mm-hmm. it's hard to do in today's game because Donovan, uh spider Mitchell, is not Kawhi, and the rest of the team is not Toronto. So that's that's going to be a, t- a tough task. So I think the Lakers are fortunate in that they can they can get through if they match up with the Grizz or Maverick Mavericks in, in round one. That they'd be happy with that. I think then in round two, some combination of Jazz or hopefully not the Clippers. But they might see the Thunder in round two, to your point, right? And mm-hmm. that point, and in that, in, in that juncture, they'd be really happy. So for them, anything less than the Western Conference final would be a massive disappointment. It goes without saying. But my point is, yeah. is that every team is flawed, and that's good for the Lakers.
1: Yeah, it's good. It's good for the Lakers, right? So are we, so, okay, are we, then we, are we putting them as the Western Conference representative?
0: Well, they're the odds on favorite. I just would not touch that bet. There's just no way okay, um, so let's talk about the east let's shift to the East for a second, because the East to me all of a sudden for the first time in what five years, the East is a lot more interesting than the West uh, the bucks as you the aforementioned bucks forty six and eight they have a real shot of winning 70 games
1: I don't think it's going to happen uh, if, I don't know it's 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 not out of the realm of possibility they have to. How many would you say the record is? Forty six and eight. Forty six and eight. Yeah. That means they have to go twenty two and two.
0: Yeah, it's not happening. Fair enough.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs>
0: All right. Uh, they already ripped and off. They, their, by their the ministry.
1: way, they that aut- I think that article you sent me uh, says they have the toughest schedule in the back half of the season.
0: I didn't know that. Well, so that's not happening. Uh, the Bucks are, are right now uh, plus three hundred, so they're three to one to take that. Now it gets real interesting in the East for the following reason: I don't think you can count out the Raptors. I think what they're doing, that championship pedigree, needs to be reckoned with. The fact is, is Siakam has gone up a level, and they've really replaced Kawhi's numbers.
1: Yeah, the guys that needed to step up and fill and fill in and have have done that. They right. really have I stepped yeah. his game up. Uh and also you you look at the fact they play really hard defensively. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. They play really hard defensively. They've got great defensive continuity, not just playing hard, but there's continuity. You really have to play all 24 seconds of the right. shot against that team.
0: Yeah, Lowry's a pest. He's a bulldog out there. They yeah, absolutely. So my point is, in the East, unlike the West, there is always an upshot. So the Raptors have an upshot. The Bucks obviously have an upshot. The Celtics, Jason Tatum. I don't know if you've been catching him ball. Link Tatum is balling right now.
1: He's balling. Jalen's been balling. You're getting. You're seeing signs of. I'm forgetting his. I'm drawing. Why am I drawing a blank on his name? Hayward. Yeah, forty.
2: You see. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you're seeing signs of him working himself back into form. Yeah, so so there there is there's great potential on that team, yeah. and they, they really blew the Lakers out of the water. But LeBron coped too. That's another thing with him. He said, "Look, I went to go see my son play, and then we got our tails whoop." Right, but that's what happens. But the team comes and goes with him. But um, yeah, they're they're very tough. My question is, do you see them besting? Milwaukee in seven games
0: I'm not saying that's going to happen I'm saying it's a lot a lot more interesting and even than the west and it's a long shot uh the Celtics are are seventh in field goal percentage seventh mm-hmm. that, and that yep. that's <laughs> their eighth three-point made very balanced three mm-hmm. point three point percentage they are towards the bottom so that's fair enough um, I'm sorry, they're third. I'm really sorry. Three-point percentage, they're third. Mm-hmm. Uh, free throw percentage, towards the bottom. Okay. Well, my point is, is that every team has an upshot. Celtics, obviously, huge upshot. Okay. Yeah. Miami Heat, the aforementioned Heat, they're a real team now with Iggy. I don't like the Iggy contract. I don't think they needed to give him that second year. The fact is, is Iggy gives him a veteran presence, and for at least the next three to four months, is an asset to the team. That's just the fact. Yeah. Uh, You know what? They shipped Winslow out. They shipped out, um, you know, uh, waiters. It's a good squad, bro. I watch them every night. They play hard. And Bam has gone to another level. Miami is all there.
1: Yeah. Here's my question. Right. Because ultimately the teams that win are the teams with the best guy on the floor. Yeah. Do you think Jimmy going up against any of the other Eastern Conference contenders? would have a shot at being the best guy on the floor in any of those series.
0: No, but I legitimately believe the rest of that squad can overcome the rest of Giannis' squad. Um, Bam defensively is absolutely a monster. And Mm -hmm. I I don't know what the defensive numbers are, but like, I'm telling you, man, that team. He's
1: terrific. He's terrific. You don't even need to sell me on the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Bam's terrific. And he's got a, he's look, he's got an excellent all around game. Right. For his size. You you got a guy who can play in the pick and roll, right? Not yeah. just be not just be the guy rolling, but the guy also playing point on the roll. Okay, mm-hmm. he passes well for his position, so he he does a lot of things. They've they've got they've got a, a great find in this guy. These other guys, right? The uh, Kendrick, Kendrick, Dunn. King, yeah. Right, uh, some of the younger kids that they've got, mm-hmm. Tyler, and uh, and and I'm 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 drawing a blank on some of the other guys. None. But, Tyler, Bam, uh, Kelly O. Um, and you've got you've got uh the Iggy, uh, what's the kid's name he used to play Crowder. in Phoenix coming up. Look, their second, their second unit is. That's tough right. As
0: they're well. they're a balanced team, and that team. I'm just saying, come playoffs, you put Crowder defensively, that team can play.
1: Yeah, you've got. They're gonna be a test, right? But that they're well coached. Are they going to be able to score consistently against a Milwaukee who's just as good that's defensively? Right.
0: So you you look at the picture, right? The Sixers, I'm not buying them. I think they're a mess. I don't think they make any sense offensively with what Horford is doing. It's just not going to work. <laughs> Brett Brown is obviously not the answer. I mean, that's just what it is at this point.
1: Really? Yeah, dude. I don't know, if it's Brett. I like Brett. I'm look. I'm not going to let you talk. I'm down not talking about down. That's what all due not- respect. That's what we're not going <laughs> to go ahead as long as. Long as- Look, as long as a conversation is being had about Brett Brown and I'm in the discussion, (laughs) no bad word is going to be said about Brett Brown. Brett Brown was there when there were so many holes in the ship that you had to be an idiot to stay on it. But he stayed on it, and he got the opportunity to finally get good teams in there. And and not only did he do something with those good teams. That's fair. Okay? But he's remained consistently good once he got those good teams. Now, is it his fault that Ben Simmons refuses to shoot three? Kind of.
0: Like, kind of. I kind of take umbrage to that. I I really do.
1: Okay, go ahead. You're the head coach,
0: bro. You're the leader of men. You tell your dude, I need you to jack up 98 threes a day, and I want to see seven a game. I want to see three a game. I want to see two a game. Yeah, he's got to listen to you. You're the coach.
1: Who? Yeah, there's also something to be said for look. If the guy's not comfortable, then you don't force him to do. Something. That's that's. I mean, that's also got to be a part of good.
0: Coach, how about right? coach him to be comfortable? I don't know. You, how you, you have him that. jack up threes. You get him help. I don't know. You have him work with whoever is the guy you work with. You you get you put in the work, bro. You, this, this is a pro athlete. You got to do the work. i
1: uh, I saw videos of him working in the offseason, right? So he was practicing and working on it, and I fully expected for him to come into the season and be taking that shot. And so many times, I look at this. I look at the stat sheet after games, and I see two zeros in that column under three-point attempts yeah. and makes.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right.
1: But I- right, so he's
0: not even he's not even attempting right. them. Well, my point is this: I just can they put it together? Yeah. I mean, they're still 34 and 21. I mean, let's just give them a little bit of respect. I mean, they're, they're not a bad team by any stretch. Uh, I, don't, I just don't see them taking out Milwaukee or Toronto. Uh, I just think that both those teams are so much better constructed from a chemistry standpoint. They play together so much more efficiently than the Sixers do.
1: You know, what's so right. Coming to this, coming to this awareness. And then, and then for me thinking, Wow. Was there a window of opportunity last year?
0: It was. It was. I think if you played that Toronto series seven times, I think it's a toss up who wins three or four series. I really do that. That team was all there. And again, that goes back to what they had. They basically paid Horford instead of Jimmy, Jimmy B, which to me is absolutely crazy. Truly. They don't make any sense. I mean, they don't need Horford. You don't need Horford, Tobias and Joel and Ben Simmons. It just doesn't add up, bro. I I still think Simmons should be playing the five, (laughs) but that's a whole other conversation for another day. Um, So the East I think is really, really interesting. Um, But just to wrap this up, bro, I I'm really looking forward to the second half. Um, Well, we'll definitely get on and, and, and do recaps as the season goes on, man. But I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yes. This was fun. Thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of of this. It was an honor and a pleasure. We'll be in touch. and We'll be in touch. And we're going to do this again.
0: I think this was great. And I think we're going to get some great feedback. All right, brother. Take care. Thanks for
2: tuning in, everybody. You too.